What is up, everyone? If you're listening to this, it is officially episode four of the Esperanza podcast, and we are featuring Shannon. What up, Shannon? Hi. How are you feeling? Nervous. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we had a good talk before we started recording while we were setting up, and uh, we have another guest not being featured on the episode, but he's a guest. The reason he is a guest, and I chose to keep him here today, is because I want to stop assuming what the American person thinks, and I kind of want them to be here and tell us what he thinks. So, what's up, Landon? Not a whole lot. Just doing my civic duty as a white male. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Great. This show, and this episode, sorry, is being dedicated to Landon, who was a guest today, and Taylor Collio. Is that how you say his name? You know, I've known him for about... <laughs> Six months and I'm still not sure. I think it's Kaleo. Kaleo. We'll we'll go with Kaleo. I spelled his name wrong in one of our events very recently. So I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, it looks like a Spanish name, but I don't want to say Kaleo or Kaleo. Because he won't say that. he won't say anything about it. He'll be like, all right, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Taylor Kaleo. I think I let's go with Kaleo. Kaleo. Okay. Yeah. Taylor Kaleo, he is the owner of Kalamazoo Aerial Media. Um, you guys can check him out at KalamazooAerialMedia.com. He is a cinematographer, correct? Correct. Um, and photographer as well. Yeah, a little of this and that. He does a lot of drone stuff. Um, really, really cool work. I saw yeah, his whole portfolio. Lots of cool drone right. stuff. And the reason why this show is being dedicated to both you, Landon, and Taylor is because we're, I'm only on episode four here with Shannon, and uh, you guys have not just shown your support, but have also lended your services to Esperanza. Um, so much so that I have professional pictures because of you guys, mm -hmm. because of you. And then I have a professional uh, promotional video made by Taylor, who, yeah. which drops today. So by this time, you've already watched it. Um, so again, I really want to thank you guys. And this, the show is, or this episode is for you guys. But let's get I started. Yeah, no, no, no problem, man. You guys are... You guys need the shout out that you deserve. And this doesn't do you justice. You guys are super talented. I'll take the Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> An Oscar. Sure. But um, it, yeah. Okay, Shannon, let's yes. start. Uh, where are you from? Um, I'm from Malaysia. What part of Malaysia? I'm from the west side of Malaysia. So I'm from KL, where the capital is, specifically Pataling Jaya. That's the city I was born and raised in. Okay. And what age did you migrate? I was 11, almost literally two weeks away from 12 years old when I came to the United States. You were a kid. I was a, a kid. A little kid. And why did you migrate? My family, they won. Not won. They basically got um, the approval from the United States because we waited. We applied. Mm -hmm. My dad applied when I was around one years old, two years old, and we waited almost basically 10 years to get the hey, you got the green card, and we got granted. So, that's, And that's a crazy feeling, isn't it? Yeah. I got my green card being here, um, and <clears throat> when we got the green card, uh, it was an unbelievable feeling because I was already here in the U.S., but given being sent the green card, it's like giving, being given the golden ticket to mm -hmm. like, hey, we want you here. You know, it's like the cool kids give it, telling you like, hey, you can sit with us now. You know, don't just sit on, un, on un, uh, invited. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, um, congratulations. Oh, thanks. So you're U.S. citizens? Yes. Great, congratulations. Have you ever been to, um, 
<laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Have you ever been to um, uh, Malaysia? I have Malaysia? not been to Malaysia. I have watched many nature documentaries that have featured Malaysia and uh, Borneo. Um, okay, that's I, not Malaysia. It's oh. close. It's close. It's close. Yeah, that's it's, a, it's a similar ecology. That's is it part yeah. of Indonesia? I don't then? know. It's their own country. So we have a west oh. side and an east side. So right. That east side is their Sabah and Sarawak, but Borneo is its own thing. I yeah. don't know. Since I was a kid, that's all yeah. I know. It's, it's not part wow. of it. It's, it's, it's very close. It is its own little country. Yeah, yeah. little country. Yeah. There's, um, we were taught, you were taught, you said the island, the name of the island. There's an island in Malaysia that um, I watched a video that said that Malaysia and Indonesia fight for all the time. It's Borneo. <laughs> is it? It yeah. is Borneo. Okay. <laughs> oh, I yeah. don't know. We'll yeah, over the last several hundred years, it's been sort of passed along. Yeah. In uh, Indonesia, uh, Great Britain, and M Malaysia. Yeah, they all want it. They all want <laughs> yeah. it because it's an ecologically oh, just amazing, amazing. place. Yeah. yeah. They said there were over, um, I, I'm not going to throw a number out because I don't know, but there's a large number of a species that just inhabit that area, which is there's plenty of, there's lots of unique species there too yeah yeah all mostly marine too i'm assuming it's because of the <clears throat> tropical season yeah you have yep everything had, had you ever visited borneo while you were there no because i live on the west side okay so it's it's quite far then yeah it's a complete separate island yeah 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 for no, sure. never been to the east side ever in yeah. my life and borneo's quite remote too i i it's probably not the easiest to travel around I believe so. I don't know. I've <laughs> I never mean, Malaysia been. alone is like 24 hours from here, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Just for context, I was that weird kid that watched nature documentaries instead of cartoons. Oh, it's oh. the only reason I know. <laughs> Just for context, I was the one to laugh at kids who watched <laughs> Yeah. But now that yeah. I'm an adult, I wish I was with you watching those documentaries right. because I wish I knew more facts on geological information you know environmental anything you know mm -hmm. yeah but um so uh what year was it that you migrated 2007 2007 and what were your first thoughts well all i remember when i was a kid i was fifth grade the way the school system works there school starts in january so i was it was the end of the year when i found out of 2016 around like november december where my dad said, oh my God, we got the green card, we're moving, we got to start packing. And I didn't know what was happening besides we're going to this country named America. And So hold on, did you not know much about America? No, I didn't know what America <laughs> was. Whoa, wow. That's crazy. So um, I heard of it. Everyone's like, oh, it's America, it's America. And in Chinese, that translates beautiful country. Wow. Yeah. So America yeah. in Chinese Surprise. is a country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we call it it's a beautiful country. Did not know that. Surprise. So yeah. we, we were like, oh, okay, let's, you know, I was super excited. I told my classmates and my classmates thought I was just going there for vacation. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Temporary. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I didn't know much besides I don't have to take this giant exam on sixth grade at the end of the year. That was my, thank God. Hallelujah. I'm missing this whole thing out. Great. I can't wait to leave then. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Like, uh, I would have thought you would have said, 
uh, yeah, I was excited. Uh, Disneyland, uh, you know, all of the things that people, you know, right off the top of their head, they say, but nothing. Nothing. Well, you, nothing. you said you were in fifth grade. Yeah. So yeah, you're a kid, you know, you, you don't know much about different countries. No. But, um, I think oh. there is a very odd perception among American people that everyone looks up to America and worships them, but it's really not that way at all. Dude. So that's why it's surprising <laughs> when uh, she didn't really know America when she was yeah. growing up. <clears throat> yeah, no, that and that's what I'm saying. It's 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 crazy, but I believe you, Shannon. I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just no, saying yeah. this is probably the first time, uh, not just like while this podcast has been alive, but ever that I've met an immigrant <clears throat> friend that's like, um, yeah, I didn't know what America was. No, yeah. <laughs> but okay, now that um. Your father said, we're packing. We need to pack now. We're leaving. Did he just, did he know? Do you know if he knew that immediately after getting the green card, you guys were just going to? No, it took us six months. I remember us un unpacking. My my dad has this giant semi container that you see in movies. And like those big. Oh, those like uh, big, the ones you hide in during like zombie apocalypse. Yes. Those <laughs> wow. big giant container. And it we put every single furniture you can think of. My parents came a few months before, bought a house in Kalamazoo right. and basically said it's time to basically pack and ship. And we packed everything like my parents house right now. Nothing is basically from America. Every single piece of furniture is brought from Malaysia. Like still, you never like upgraded? No. Do you, know, do you it, know why they chose Kalamazoo? Because we got sponsored. That's how we got it in the first okay. place. Kind of like Rami's story. Oh, you got sponsored. My uncle sponsored us and we waited 10 years to get the approval. Wow. You got it. Then we came. Yeah. Um, What's it called? For... I can speak for the Hispanic community. There's a, not everyone thinks this, but there is, I guess, a thought that everyone has that um, you have to be here over 11 years before you can, you know, um, apply to be a citizen or a permanent resident. We were here well over 11 years before no. we got accepted. Wow. Um, and I'm like, no, it's not as easy. And then that's just years. Mm -hmm. you, you're, we're not even talking about lawyer money. We're not even talking about process, like processing this whole, you know, thing. But um, that's crazy, Shannon. <laughs> so oh, I can go to your home and find Malaysian artifacts. <laughs> yeah, well, most of our furniture obviously come from China in some sort of way. And then my dad buys them. And then we, like, my dad was a businessman in Malaysia. We were, you know, very successful, middle-class family. I grew up with a maid. That sounds crazy. A lot of people can't say that. I have, like, a 24-7 um, just kind of help me, like me and my family. So there's five kids. Okay, here's a question. So having come up that way, when you arrived to Kalamazoo because you were sponsored um, from your uncle mm -hmm. that was here in Kalamazoo, um, did you settle in the same kind of class, middle class? No, that definitely flipped completely. We end up like in like the lower class family definitely with me <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was it was definitely it's it's hard to watch because my family you know they were so successful growing up and i never have to worry about food or anything right and then coming here with the money exchange we just i noticed you know i can see that 
I take granted so many things growing up. I never have to worry about, oh, I have to do chores. There's no such thing as chore when I was little. And then coming here, wow. I have to do start picking up chores. And I said, what is this? I've never done this in my life. And I would do it. I still do it, you know. But my parents, my mom would say, I can't, you know, like pick up five people plus two adults. Like, I, we work full time. You guys have to start taking care of yourself. And I said, okay, you know, like I pretty much learned, grow up very quick, I guess, in that sense. That yeah, you have to fall on your feet yeah. like a cat because if you don't, uh, you're just not going to adjust well. And on top of that, you're going to, especially at that age, mm -hmm. you're not going to like it. What do you think about that, Landon? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, uh, just don't take things for granted, apparently. I mean, yeah, that's crazy, right? I, yeah. I mean, I I was raised by a single mother um, in Battle Creek, sort of rough neighborhood. Um, right. And I think things would have been rough for a really long time if she, if she hadn't married my stepdad. So, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, I was very lucky to be taken care of by my stepdad. And um, so I can definitely relate to uh, growing up in that sort of environment um, right? where you don't really, really know where your next meal is coming from. Um, you walk outside and you're not super secure in yourself. Yeah, you kind of feel like you're, you're a person, but you feel like you're a shadow. You're yeah. just following something and that something is just life and you don't know what tomorrow is going to be like. And as coming from my personal, uh, like experience, I don't know if we'll have enough for groceries next week. Sure. I don't know if I'll have clean clothes next week. Yeah. Like up until literally, well, Shannon, here's a little background. Shannon and I know each other from middle school and high school. We went to school together here in Kalamazoo. And, um, you know, I'm sure your first thought wasn't, man, Edwin's clothes are dirty, you know, or whatever. No, but, Like, seriously, we were so, not so-so, but mm -hmm. we were lower class, uh, a lower class family. And having to go to school thinking, you know, especially first day of school where everyone's, like, flaunting what they got during the summer, what they did. And I'm just like, I played basketball and my shorts are still dirty from yesterday, <laughs> you know. But, um. That's crazy. So, so you came here, and immediately, I'm guessing you were like, "Oh, this is not the same." Mm -mm. Well, also environmentally wise, looking around my surrounding, I thought that I would be living something like Chicago with tall buildings, skyscraper. Yes, that's what I grew up with: skyscraper, crazy packed. You know, it's like congested traffic. Yeah, you're sorry to cut you off. Malaysia's population is crazy. Yeah, it's much bigger than I think. I don't. I don't think it's bigger than United States, but it's definitely bigger. It's up there. We're it's it's uh, it has a higher population density. Yes. Um, yeah, that too. There's less yeah. people in general, but there's definitely <clears throat> a higher concentration of people. Yes, agree. Uh, yeah. So like. Coming here, the tallest building I remember was the Radisson Hotel. Yeah. I was really sad. Wow. <laughs> I was like, well, this is the only tall building? And my, mom's, my mom and dad said, yeah, this is, we live in Michigan. And I said, but I thought it's Chicago. And she's like, no, no. It's like, we live in Kalamazoo now. This is home. And it nice. took a lot of adjusting. Yeah. To how, how long was it until you actually were able to visit Chicago? 
I think within a year or two, and I loved it. Oh, I said, yeah. I said, oh, my God, this is, I thought, like, this is home, but no. I've been to Chicago a handful of times, and I I wouldn't say I love the city, the buildings. I really want to say I love the community. The artistic community there is so big, so big. There's, like, like a Mexican museum there. I saw it. I did not know that. There we gotta is. Go. <laughs> there, there is a Mexican museum just dedicated to Mexican art, and what is it called? I don't remember. It's I have to Google it, but You're it's fine. yeah, it's a Mex- we'll Google it. <laughs> it's a Mexican um, museum, art museum, and it's in the neighborhood, and they have a neighborhood just dedicated to wow. a lot of Hispanics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the uh, Pilsen neighborhood. Oh, okay. So you've been there. I'm. I've often considered moving there. Oh, Chicago? Yeah. Pilsen specifically. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a very artistic community. Hmm. And it's relatively cheap compared to a lot of the other uh, Area. areas. Mm-hmm. And it's it's safe. There's tons of culture, amazing food. Uh, yes. It's where Italia Hall is, which is a great music venue. I know where that is. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah there's, a, there's a lot going on in Pilsen that I really love. Well, shout out Chicago real quick. Um, yeah. They're doing, you know, they're great. They're doing great things. Kalamazoo, at least for a change from when you first got here. I'm sure you can see it's changing dramatically. Oh, yes. I'm so, I know a lot of people are really against the skyscraper, but I feel like in order for us to grow as a community, we need to grow, you know, bigger, taller, bring, you know, more opportunities. It's only a good thing. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, I do feel for people living in downtown that I know a couple of that uh, they're regulars at my job and we talk and they tell me that they're just tired of seeing these um, huge trucks or these uh, caution signs and, you know, tape everywhere and trash build up right next to their home, you know, because they live downtown. And I'm like, it's kind of like the price you pay, you know, but because yeah. you're living down, you have to know you live downtown. Things change every day. But yeah, um, yeah I love that Kalamazoo is growing bigger and better. But question, Shannon. Yeah. When you knew you were going to come here, right, mm-hmm. to the U.S., did your parents like give you the game plan? Like you're going to go to this school, uh, you're going to do this, or was everyone just kind of taking a leap of faith? It's definitely a leap of faith. There was no game plan besides <laughs> packing. <laughs> that seems wow. to be a common theme that I've heard among immigrants. It's like, just get there and then we'll be yeah. fine. And we'll get there and then we'll find a way. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's a better way of putting it. I'm, I'm actually interested in Shannon, though. Like, what, what do you think your parents' perception of the U.S. was before they moved here? Well, my dad always tells me that the U.S. always have opportunities. You have um, better, like, education you're you know you're treated more fairly and i know but like the way you know the way he gives like the perception of like america is better than what we have right now in malaysia in government do you know and i'm again i'm sorry to cut you off but i'm going to forget this and there's no more room in my little notepad um do you know if you're where your father got that like uh, idea idea um i guess growing up with media and everything, they always show America is better. That's what uh, Landon said a couple minutes ago. That you know, yeah, America. We too are on our horn quite a bit. Yeah, and then also I do have a lot of my my dad's side of family. A lot of my um, relatives. I have three aunts that lives in Australia. 
before that they were in United States. Mm. My uncle, my cousins, they all graduate out of Western actually. So they always say, oh, you know, America is great. America is great. And like you need to, if you have the opportunity, you should move your whole family there to let your kids, you know, grow up in a better environment compared to not trying to talk trash about Malaysia, but like there's right. a giant comparison. And like growing up, I always have this huge stress since I was a kid. You got to do better. Since I was in kindergarten, you have to be number one. If you're not number one, you are nothing. So I always fight That's crazy. for my spot. And <clears throat> elementary school, I went to um, one of the top, better school, that's my my parents say it. And I was fighting for the top class. So first grade, it was more of they throw everybody in, kind of like imagine... Harry Potter, they sort you into any houses you <laughs> I want love to. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, so they sort you into any houses. And each classroom has 50 kids. Imagine wow. that. 50. 50. 50 with one teacher. <laughs> we are very strict. Like the teachers can um like punish you in a sense they can spank you. And here you can't. Yeah. Right. So we're very, very like we obey, we listen. Wow. Yeah. That's that does seem to be a common theme among uh Asian immigrants though. Like all of their parents are like, you're number one or you're trash, basically. Yeah. Um, geez, I, I forgot where I heard this. It was a story of someone who was brought up like that. And they say that um, that's the reason why depression in the Asian community is so, so high. high yeah. Because of dis- a fear of disappointment to their father and dishonoring. I mean, not father, but their family mm. and dishonoring their family. Yeah. Uh, because it's, I mean, it's cold. This is what this podcast is about. This is culture. This is mm-hmm. for people who've never heard of this before. Here you go. You're hearing it from Shannon. It's, it exists yeah. and it's real. Yeah. Now, how, how bad had, did that have had an effect on you? And if so, how bad? In a sense, I grow, growing up, going to school, I hated it. It's not, it's not a enjoy process that everybody always talk about. Oh, school's great. My day to day, I know that when I was a kid, I wake up at six in the morning this is like the only time I remember is like first grade through sixth grade because I came here. Um, wake up six in the morning. Then I go to school because of traffic jam. By the time I got there, it was like 7.15. Um, then school starts at 7.30 and it runs till two o'clock, including breaks and everything like lunch. Then when you think you'd be done, you're like, yay, I can go home. No, there's after school tutoring. Mandatory? Mandatory. Because you have <laughs> to school keep after up. School. <laughs> yes. Everybody has to stay after school to make sure you caught up with all your homework, all your it's extra teaching. So let's just say my teacher did not teach in a certain chunk of time that she's supposed to, it will bleed into after school. It is, ter- yes. Why and- do they call it after school if it's mandatory and it's every day? It's just like, yeah, yeah. it's just more school. You're beating around the bush. <laughs> yeah. just, just say it's more school. Yeah. yeah. Just say overtime. Mandatory it's basically overtime. like you guys just get a break at two. <laughs> yeah. And then like you go back. And then once we go back, we I think it runs till four o'clock. Depends. I don't remember with the time too roughly because I was a kid. Well, having lived through that uh, and having younger siblings... Mm-hmm. who went to school here right elementary mm-hmm. what is your like uh compare and contrast to that do you think it's good that malaysia and the, some asian schools do that or do you think they should ch- stop and change the way they're teaching 
I don't think they should stop and change the way of teaching. I just feel like they shouldn't be so stressful on all the kids on how you have to be number one. It's like no, no matter what place you are on placement, at the end of the day, as we grow up, we graduate, we are a member of society. So it does, it, there's no number one, you know, like, you know, who cares if you are number one? But at the end of the day, when you grow up as an adult, there we don't, we're not competing besides, I guess, jobs. But then someone's always will be, someone will always be better than you. Someone's yeah. going to be a director and you're not going to be a director yet. It takes time, you know. Also, those, those kids who grow up with the director's mind, an artistic mind, and they're not number one because they maybe weren't quite as good at math, they're going to believe that they're not worth being number one at anything. Yep. I was actually really terrible at math. Very terrible at math. It's not, I, I never understand. It's like so abstract in my head since mm. I was a kid. Like when I was in kindergarten, my parents would write one plus blank equals three. And I'm like, four. And then she's like, why would you think that? I was like, because there's a plus. He's like, no, you have to solve. And I don't understand the solving part. And it, I struggle. I hate, man. This is giving me a headache. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then once I, as I got older, I understand it. And I said, oh, that makes so much sense. And then you get to more complicated stuff. <laughs> and it never stops. It you never can keep stops. going forever. Yep. So like I struggle and I just said, oh, and then I did algebra since I was in elementary. So I was shocked when I came to middle school, a lot of the curriculum, I I've done it like math wise, not English, obviously, but things. Oh, but that... you've done the math in middle school in elementary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. So like I know to solve a lot of the stuff already. And I said, oh, this is this is fairly quote, quote, simple because I've seen it before. You know, I'm just learning it in a different way of like. I remember Miss Jackson. Shout out to Miss Jackson if you know who Miss Jackson. I know Miss Jackson. Yeah, from seventh grade math. The way the the shapes and everything, and then it just throws me off. And I said, I don't get this, and I struggle in her class too. Yeah, I I will say though, I don't want to say, but I'm like, I wish <clears throat> for students like me. I really didn't get it. Like I was really bad. I have, uh, I feel like I have ADHD. I never went to go get checked out, but I really do feel like I have ADHD <laughs> and um, it interfered with my learning. Mm -hmm. But in a way, I wish mandatory tutor tutoring was mandatory, you know, not just an option because mm -hmm. it was an option when I went to school and I never took it oh, or really? took advantage of it. Yeah. I didn't know that. Never took advantage of it, which then made terrible grades and made me super lazy and the default was I'm not going to tutoring. Mm, so, okay. Yeah. But what do you think, man? I think the default is there's a, there's a stigma about tutoring, uh, especially in the younger kids. Kids will get bullied for go going to tutoring. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you admit to yourself that you need to go to tutoring, you're telling yourself that you are different from other people. And when you're a young kid, that is the worst That's thing true. that you can tell yourself, even though, well, that's what you think is the worst thing. Right, right, Even right. though it's totally fine. And yeah. I found asking questions to be absolutely impossible when I was growing up. Yes, agree. agree. Yeah. Um, again, and I think I'm going to phrase this question differently. Uh, compare and contrast from school here in America to school there in, um, in Malaysia. Um, do you... Because you said you had just finished your bachelor's, right? Yeah. 
do you enjoy I know you're going to say yes, but what do you enjoy more about schooling here than in Malaysia? I guess it's the movement that we get. So, and this sounds weird when I said movement. So, in United States, you know that bell rings, you switch class, right? right. In Asia, bells ring, teacher switch class. That uh, you stay in that oh same no. classroom oh no. the whole day. That's how elementary was for us. Yes, but... Where'd you go? I went to a really small school south of Jackson called oh, Jonesville. Okay. It's the, <gasps> wow. Okay, I know where that you is. Know, you know Jonesville? I yeah. I do know Jonesville. It's only about 2,000 people there. It's about 100 people per class. Really? Wow. It's pretty small. Wow. It's a farm your town. your teacher switched? You said... Uh, In elementary school, yeah. Once you get to middle school, you're you're a big kid now. And then you... you that was like one of the things people were nervous about. Like, mm. oh, we have to change classes? What do we do with our stuff? Yeah. Um, what if we need different books? <laughs> I, I, I didn't know anything how anything would work. Uh, Shannon and I went to Maple Street Magnet School for the Arts. And our sixth grade year was at Maple Street. But we had a homeroom, which yes. is that. And then every like you just watched all the seventh and eighth graders. like, And you heard fights outside of the door. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I don't want to be thrown out to the sharks. But you're in seventh grade. And it's crazy how easy things come up. You know, like how quick you adapt to like change a class or mm -hmm. uh then you know uh, i had to go to like my counselor a lot during seventh grade okay that freaked me out i was like i don't know this lady does she care about me you know it's all of these things but i will say i i hear a lot about school in mexico mm -hmm. and i hear about how much we need to um take advantage of here because we have it really good here in america it's not the best educational system but okay. it's really good i <laughs> i mean i agree in a sense and disagree because i grew up very harsh but then like i not harsh but like education like it's stress but i i feel like i learned a lot more and retain a lot more at, when i was in malaysia compared to here in the united states it's everybody's much more relaxed and everybody have different teaching style mm -hmm. and it really depends on you know like how the class structure i think uh america's learning system is based off of how much do you want to learn and if you want to learn a lot you will but if you don't you're not going to be force-fed yeah and yeah, I, yeah that's I that's why a, that. a lot of kids get left behind because they don't their parents don't instill a love for learning in them at a young age and if they don't love learning they won't love school mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but then again, like I just said a couple, I'm going to go uh, against what I just said. I I wish it would have been mandatory, but I would have hated, you know, like you said, you hated your elementary school experience in, in Malaysia. Yeah. Or the way it was. It's not like, it's not big hate. Just, you know, like, no dislike. <laughs> dislike I, it. Yeah, I dislike it. I, it's not like my favorite moment, you know, like growing up. I always remember if someone didn't give me one word, if, you know, throughout the whole elementary life of like school wise, what was it? It's just school, mm -hmm. stress, homework. Transition, transitioning to, okay, after school, right? Mm -hmm. Going home. Did your parents land on their feet as quick as you did? You know, as a child, because you had to. You kind of had to like, okay, where am I? You know, you knew immediately what you didn't like. Not seeing big buildings and having the feeling of home. Did your family also feel, your like mom and dad also feel that way? Or did they love Kalamazoo? I feel like because as an immigrant, we struggle 
to fit in and finding a job and especially in America without a degree you are nothing and that's not true because you can be a lot of things and my dad is really really smart he's a businessman but because he doesn't have a paper a piece of paper to back him up so he struggled to you know find a good job and now you know he's been bouncing jobs yeah he's stable now but like because he because of not having a degree he had to bounce job to job and I feel bad for him in that sense you know he would do anything to provide for the family and so did my mom to make sure we're both we're you know the whole family is stable um and I wish that didn't have to happen for him that mm -hmm. you know like he he is a businessman he grad he didn't graduate from high school but he knows how to deal with money he owns his own business my dad have businesses like all over the city, you know, with people and have shareholders. Like you, he he does all that. Yet coming here, it means nothing. I completely co-sign that. My mom is a math genius. She <laughs> she literally off the dome because in Mexico school is almost like Malaysia, where the teacher goes, they can punish you, and mm -hmm. the teacher like send you homework and they expect you to know every single thing to, by heart not looking at notes like we do here yeah. in school we can use notes for tests oh yeah no notes of tests no not no at notes. all and my like you said my mom my mom her studies were very minimal but it wasn't because she didn't want to my mom's always wanted to study but in mexico you have to pay even for public school yes you have to pay and my mom's I believe it was brother or someone in the family who was paying for it stopped paying for it. Oh, wow. So my mom, like, literally, she was, like, crying because she loved school, but she had to stop because no more money was being poured into it. And um, now I know my mom's super smart in Spanish. In Mexico, she'd be doing great things. But here, they just see her as a housekeeper. And she's been a housekeeper for over 15 years because she doesn't have a paper from her homeland that says, hey, she's smart enough, trust her, and mm -hmm. which is a diploma. And it's been incredibly hard for her to find anything that uh, pays her what she's worth. Yep, agreed. What do you think, <laughs> Landon? Kind of breaks my heart a little. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's and it's so sad because we know, and I'm, I'm pointing at Shannon, we know what our parents are worth. We know how smart they are. Mm -hmm. We know their strengths and their weaknesses too, where they're children. But it's it breaks our hearts when we see them so enthusiastic about looking towards the future and looking up and thinking of the future being better than what right now it is and the future now looking so bright because of a paper or, I mean, you know, them just not wanting to hire a minority. Um, you know, it's 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 so difficult. I totally, you know, I'm yeah. in the same boat with you, Shannon. When you grow up seeing that. But they're settled now, right? They're yeah. doing good? Yeah, both of my parents, they work in a factory, different factories. And they get great pay. You know, they're doing their jobs. They're hustling. Yeah, they're hustling. They're hustling. My mom wants to go back to a factory my mom literally <laughs> wants to go work at a factory but she hates standing in one spot like think about that she hates standing in one spot she needs to freaking move so to find a factory where you're like everywhere isn't as easy you know especially in a small yeah. city like this my dad said that he stood for like eight ten hours a day depends and if they have to 
if they are backed up and he needs to work more, he will stay 12 hours mm-hmm. standing the whole entire time. And I said, how? Yeah. That's one thing my mom says she likes about the U.S. is there's always work. But the thing is, will you get hired yeah. <laughs> for that job? I mean, there's always jobs hiring, but it depends on whether or not the manager believes you're smart or uh, qualified enough. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. It, it all lands on one person. To say, eh, no. My mom had an opportunity, a job opportunity, that she didn't get because of her diploma. That would have paid her over $15 an hour for housekeeping. Which, if if anyone here is a housekeeper, you know that's great money to clean. And she didn't get it because she had no proof of her schooling in Mexico. And we thought she got it. She got shots, mandatory shots. She got the uniform. She went to orientation. She did everything in just didn't get it oh wow Mm -hmm. okay that's kind that's very sad Mm -hmm. yeah so um to me to me that sounds like they're looking for excuses to not hire people i would i would understand if it was like a legitimate like i don't want to say this like like i'm shitting on janitors or the the trade of cleaning it's not an easy job to do. No. If it were e- like guys, I'm a I'm a housekeeper at the Radisson. It's not an easy job to do. Mm-hmm. And um, what I think it is is they're just making it harder for people. Maybe not on purpose, but they're doing it so America can seem a certain way. Like we keep our workers even at this like lowest of the low to our higher standards to have a GED or equivalent you know, or a diploma or equivalent. Right. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, that's something I wish the future would change because you don't need a GED to cook. You don't need a, G- a diploma to, to you know, certain things. Mm-hmm. For what you're going for, you need a diploma. You do. What are you going to school for? Shana? I'm going into school for um, respiratory therapy. So taking care of someone's lungs. We need that. Landon needs that. <laughs> I, need, I need that desperately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm um, out of breath sitting here. <laughs> No, um, that's great. What what made you want to get into that? I I actually applied nursing several times, and every single time ch- comes back out as a rejection. Yeah, twice in Michigan State, and then tw- twice at KBCC. And it, to me, it's like a sign. It's telling me like, hey, no, <laughs> no yeah, maybe not now, because I've been you know pushing it and pushing it, and my the RT was really my backup plan. It wasn't like oh, I'm going to do it. I know nothing about it. And someone just told me, you know, you just take care of lungs. Never heard of them in my life. I've never seen them on TV. If you think about it, they're never really talked about. And then I applied for it and waited. And they're like, oh, congratulations, you got it. And I said, well, I'm waiting for nursing. If nursing said no, this is it. And KVCC came and sent back and said, no, I'm sorry, you know, we don't have uh, enough position, but you can apply next year. I said, nope, I'm not You're waiting. Doing it, yeah. I'm doing this. And so far, I loved everything about it. <laughs> I see that as a sign. I really do. <laughs> yeah, I, I seriously think it's a huge sign just to don't go into nursing. Maybe not now. Like, I can go later. Like, for mm-hmm. as an RT, I can go up to be a nurse. Like, Great. within nine months of um, schooling at Lansing, if I wanted to. Or I stay as an RT and just focus here. As someone who has had chronic asthma for their entire life, 
I can promise you we need you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's really not very many specialists. Uh, really? Here in Kalamazoo? There's one in Kalamazoo. One? Uh, and they don't specialize in respiratory. It's just uh, asthma allergies, it, just in general. You're hired, Shannon. <laughs> uh, well, my, mo my mom works for the asthma allergy centers. Oh, really? Ironically. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it's probably the only reason I even know about it, but um, probably there's really not a whole lot of res respiratory specialist, just in this in the entire country, really. Like I know we are we have an abundant amount of registered nurses, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, tons. Um, <laughs> literally, we have a ton. Yeah. Um, but you know, we need them as well. We yeah. we need every and one thing good for you that's good for you is anything in the medical field, anything from accounting to respiratory mm -hmm. therapy uh, therapy <laughs> yeah there you go um there's always positions open like literally always. we run on life we're not robots we need you yeah it's like if one day we do get ruled by robots we'll need engineers bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or technicians yeah yeah so yeah i really wish you luck shannon thank you um so what when you came here to the u.s at that young age what was your dream? What did you want to be when you grew up? What What is, you know, because I wanted to be a, an actor, a movie star, something crazy and big, you know. But what did you want to be? You know, the funny part is since I was in fourth grade, we did the CPR class in Malaysia where we just bandage people up and learn how to put like splint. And that's when I started falling in love with medical field. That's where it started. You said fourth grade? Fourth grade. Jeez. <laughs> so like I knew I want to be in medical field. I just don't know what. Right. I could have been a doctor, a nurse, anything I want. And then I always said, oh, yeah, nurse sounds great. But um, my parents always pushed me towards, like, you should be a doctor because they earn more. You know, like, you see you know, more patients and you can go very general or you can go right. very specific. And me going towards, like, yeah, sure. College came. Kind of smacked this is me all in the me. face. Yeah. Smacked me in the face and said, okay, I don't know about med school now. I feel like if I, right now, if I go back and reapply and do good, I feel like I could be a doctor because I really want to do it. But mm. back when I was 18, 19, it was just like kind of lost. Don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Taking classes and then learn that, oh, I am still bad at math. It shows. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it still shows. It's like, okay, I don't know, you know, if I can even take up to calculus and, like, make sure I did a good, you know, good grade and, you know, apply to a good school because they're going to look at everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you found your calling. I really do, from hearing your story and, like, the experience and, the like, the rejections you got, mm -hmm. this was made, like, you like it, too. It's Yeah. Being a doctor, being a lawyer, being anything, there's jobs that make money. You yeah. know, they will make you money. You could buy new lungs, Landon, if you were, you know, whatever. But do what makes you happy. <laughs> like, this is going to sound super cliche and, and everything, but I can be, I can, I had the opportunity to move up at a, like, little chain to be a general man or assistant general manager. Would have done another five to six years, maybe, and a general manager, you know, whatever. But... It didn't make me happy. I like talking to people. I like, I'm a good leader, but I'd rather just be within the people. I don't want to lead, you know? Mm -hmm. So doing this gives me a, a huge opportunity to like reconnect. Like literally I hadn't seen you for maybe over eight years. Yeah. 
for a long time. Seriously, and I knew who you were, and I know you're doing good, and I have you on social media, but I'm like, I didn't know all of this, mm-hmm. you know? And I didn't know you came here, you know, not in the same classes. And it was different, and it was... Did that hurt you, like, emotionally thinking, dang, I don't have a maid? You know, that was totally normal for you. Well, it's more of coming here, I said, wow, it's a, it's a complete different change. It's like a 180. Never had a yard, now we have yards. You know, we the house is 10 times, not 10 times, it's like definitely twice as big as previously. And I don't, it the money-wise didn't affect me because I was a kid. I didn't think about the economic at all. But then I start seeing like little struggles that like my par- parents would like whisper you know, to each other. And then I would say, oh my God, like, I gotta do better. I gotta, you know, pick up slacks. I can't, like, let them do this all day. Like, that would be so tiring. And just knowing, you know, like, we can't spend money like we used to when we were little. We used to go out once a week, every Friday. My dad can pick out a restaurant for us, and we all go out, we sit down, we eat. Um, Not like... Not like America in a sense where you buy like a big meal and everybody share. It's more like if you go to Chinatown in Chicago, it's a family style. It's probably, it reminds me of like Mexican foodish because imagine you bring out everything. Everything, yeah. And then you're like, okay, let's eat. Then we all grab whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Not like, okay, here's bread. Everybody, he looks like everybody has right. to grab. You pass the plate. Yeah. And then, um, Coming to here, my parents basically said, you know, we can't go out like we used to. And I was okay with it. You know, we're a little sad, but us going out was like McDonald's or KFC. We would be so happy because that would be like, yes, we're going out. You know, it's not, you know, home food. And we like, I appreciated that little moments yeah. where we get to have fun in that sense. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm getting older and older, my boyfriend and I would go out to restaurants and he would say, what's good in Kalamazoo? And I said, I have no idea. <laughs> it's like, I have no idea. Taco Bell. <laughs> I never liked Taco Bell, actually. Never. Good. good. Okay, yeah. Like, I um, like the good restaurant food. You know what's super sad? And I don't mean to, like, bum you down. Go for it, man. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> but there's a moment where my mom, oh, Jesus, my mom worked at do you guys remember Bennigan's? You probably don't. Bennigan's, yeah. Okay, the one on Gold Road. Sure, yeah. Okay, well, she, well, here on the Gold Road in Kalamazoo on the east side. She worked at Bennigan's for a long time. And she was making minimum wage. Oh, God, back then. And this was maybe between, I don't know the years. I'm not even going to throw the years out. But she was making $600 a month. Bi-weekly, 300 we had my dad, so he was a maintenance man. You know, he did whatever. But um, they split, and we were, kind of, you know, money kind of went down. You know, I've always been basically, quote-unquote, poor. But um, when he split and he wasn't around as much, he was contributing, but just not as much. And then he got deported when I was in middle school. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. I didn't at all. Yeah, all of our middle school teachers like got together they had a they pulled me in and kept me after school called my mom i thought i was in trouble because i was a bad kid (laughs) so i like was used to it but i'm like man everyone's here they were willing to lend help 
financial help. Wow. Like, that's how the word went out. They deported my dad on a school night. So I went to school the next day without a father. And seeing him get, a, like, deported in front of my face. Like, you know? Like, basically how the Live story and, and whatever articles they portrayed. Uh, Kayla Miller portrayed it perfectly. Like, I still hear those knocks. And so he got deported. And I'm living middle school, high school. We literally, I was homeless during high school. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, I was living downtown, YWCA, during my senior year. Um, oh, okay. And uh, so money was super short. But when you say that, you got happy. Like, you all were happy when you did go out. Mm-hmm. There was one time my mom, she it wasn't extra money, like just pocket money. I'm sure it was rent money. But we hadn't gone out for so long. And we didn't have food at home. And we were stupid behind in rent. And literally it was my younger brother and younger sister. My older brother was in K-College. He got the Heil scholarship. Yes, I heard. So my mom literally were driving. And she's like, you know what, guys? Because we were going home. And I was in the front. My younger brother younger sister were in the back. And my mom was like, we're going to go to Putt-Putt Golf. (laughs) And I was like... My, I, I was like, my, you quit playing. Yeah, I was yeah. like, quit playing. Like, you, this isn't, these aren't like words. This is Papa Golf, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what it was called. It's on Portage, uh, in Portage, in, in here in uh, Kalamazoo, but next to Kalamazoo. I used and, to go there. Yeah. Airways, Airway Lane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Papa Golf was like a little further it back. It was called Putters. Had a, little, had a little dog on the side. Dude, you got it. I do. I'm about to cry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when um, I well, yeah, when I got to go there, oh, it was a party, man. Dude, wasn't it? It, it was, was a, it was the place to be. It was like the little hole in the wall. It's where the kids hung out. Yeah. So my mom was like, "We're going to Putters." She turned the car around, and where we were, you know, we were going home, but she turned it around, and we went towards Portage. And my brother and sister were like, "Yeah, yeah, so much." We hadn't gone out in so long. We mm-hmm. hadn't eaten anything that wasn't like sandwich, beans, or rice. My younger brother started crying. Aww. Like literally sobbing. You know. And shout out Raymundo. I'm not trying to make you look soft. But like that's how bad we had it. Like, And we knew we were maybe going to play five games and maybe a slice of pizza. And if we're lucky, we're going to get a little ice cream cone. That's how bad we had it. So when you say that, that's what it made me think about. Yeah. You all come together. And that's why I love being an immigrant because I'm like, dude, we've been on the ground. So if we ever lose everything, I've been there before. So I know exactly where to go, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And it's something that we as an America now, and I'm speaking in America terms like plural, we as America, we need to help people who who are in need. Loaves and fishes. I ate from them like... uh, like, we ate their food so long, I missed it, that expired milk <laughs> or powdered milk. Um, yeah, if you have anything, anything to spare, a jacket, milk, bread, anything, just help. Because people like me who grow up to try to do good things, they take advantage of that. And we needed that bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you didn't have it that bad, Shannon. But no, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you're so humble, though. Like, you don't forget that. No. And you don't let yourself forget that. No. What do you think, Landon? <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> I like having you here, Landon. It makes me... It makes for 
good like expressions. Like me and Shannon, we know what we're talking about. I'm looking at you and you just have this like stunning, Man, like stunned, stunned look. These are all things that I, I realize are going on. But when you hear about it from somebody who's talking right in front of you, it's like, damn, dude. That's yeah. that's heavy. It is different, right? When you hear something in the news and then when you're actually seeing it. Yeah, you totally dis- disassociate from it when you hear it on the news. It's like that's something that's happened to somebody I don't know and it's way over there. Yeah, and um a good example is like the vegan community. Like people hear about animals being killed wrongfully, like the wrong way. And they're like, "Oh, that sucks, but I'm going to go eat this burger." And then there's people who put themselves in a position to go see that. And they never eat meat or anything again. Like, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, there is this, like, personal connect when you see us, like, talking, like, dude. And when I'm telling you this story about the putter story, I'm, like, there next to my mom. And these are things that I'm going to tell my kids if I ever have them. Like, you better eat that cheeseburger. Because one day, my younger brother cried for that shit, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. he cried. Because yeah. he had he we didn't have that. Now Raimundo works a really good job. He's making good money for what he does, and we all get to spoil mom now. Yes, isn't that fun? Yes, <laughs> isn't that's probably the best treat anyone could do, especially you, Landon. My mom's a single mom too, mm-hmm. and was for a long time. So I know how good it feels to like, especially come from a home that like has. I'm relating to both of you in different ways. Yeah, yeah. single mom and immigrant. But, um, For instance, I am spoiling my mom tenfold this year. Uh, it's been her dream for her entire life to go to Italy. You're taking her? In the fall, I'm taking her to Italy. Jeez. And I told her about it, and she doesn't believe me yet. And she doesn't know. I, I got the money stashed away already for it. Dude, oh my goodness. That's going to make mom. me cry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's gonna make your mom cry. So my, oh yeah, as great as my stepdad is, and as great as he took care of us, he is not one to travel. He's not one to see the world, experience new things. His idea of a vacation is going up north. No, I like up north, though. but I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah, but we've been there thirty yeah. times, and we have property <laughs> up there. It's like it's, it's a second mean. home. It's not a vacation. Yeah, yeah it's not. Also, there's no one up there. There's no there's no new culture to experience. There's no new food to experience. And it's your mom's dream. Oh, always been her. dream. It's always been her dream to go to Italy. <clears throat> is it just you and her that are going, or I might bring my girlfriend as well because she she's been to Italy. She might help us, you know, navigate stuff. Dude. Um, but yeah, the the feeling of knowing your mom struggled for a while and being able to give her something back like yeah. that, I I would keep doing it if I could. I don't think it'll have the same effect once I if I keep doing it. But if every bone <laughs> if every bone in my body could be like a wish my mom ever had and i could give my bones up i'd end up looking like that lady from uh spongebob that yells chocolates you know like i just have a spinal cord (laughs) (laughs) i would just have a spinal cord but um and that's what makes see this is let's say we didn't know each other right sure shannon never went to school with you landon never got the uh you know great honor to meet you and we never spoke we would have just walked past each other, not knowing we had this really rad, um, radical and really cool connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? There's a thread and it's it's just being a human being. And this is what people need to take the time out of their day for. Stop watching Netflix. Stop watching Jersey Shore again for the fifth time like my sister and or, I Or if you have to watch Netflix, watch a Netflix about Malaysia. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> like oh, you actually. That's a great point. You. Yeah. Watch. Uh, watch a documentary about a place you don't know. Because in in the school system, we do not learn about Asia. No. At all. It's sad. Yeah. I. The only reason I know anything about Asia is because I'm a naturally very curious person, and I'll go out of my way, and I'll read a whole book about Asia just because I feel like it. Wow. But that that's that's sort of why I, I said earlier, like students in America, they there's opportunity to learn a lot, but it's only yeah. if you want it. Yeah. They're you not gonna. To, they're, you have, you to, have to want it. Mm-hmm. And kids who grow up in. Um, misfortunate situations they're not ever put in a position to where they're taught to love learning they're they're taught to just survive yeah and when you're at school you're sitting there hungry and you're thinking about how hungry you are or like uh your mom's in a bad situation with her boyfriend you're not going to be thinking about oh i love learning let's learn about asia today no 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 no, but we all need to do what you did when you were a little weird kid, you said, <laughs> which is watch documentaries. Get maybe you you're not next you're not living in Malaysia, maybe you're not living in China during these really tough times and dangerous times. But educate yourself. Like this yeah. is and I'm talking to myself when I say this too, mm-hmm. because dude, it's so easy to read the headline on a Facebook post or Instagram post or Reddit or anything and share it. But mm-hmm. how true do you know about it? How much do you know about that? Read a read a little article. Read a book from a reliable source. Mm-hmm. Reach out to community. Hashtag Malaysia. I would have found um, Shannon. I would have asked her, hey, this is weird, Shannon. But my name's Edwin. And uh, is it true what they're saying about Malaysia? I'm sorry if I'm just assuming you're Malay. <laughs> you know, you're from Malaysia. But literally just reconnect. Do that. If there's anything that you're interested in learning about, whether it's culture, politics, um, health, anything, photography, cinematography, do it because we're living in such great times when it, I'm talking technology wise, mm-hmm. things are so easy to do, study online from home, mm-hmm. uh, Netflix. I would have no idea what to do with my life if I did not have the internet because it was just one day I decided I wanted to get into photography. And that was my third year in college when mm-hmm. I was on a very different path. Mm-hmm. Um, so without my very vigilant need to learn things and the access to those things. Yeah. I would really have no idea what I want to do with my life. And that's three years later. Yeah. So yeah, who, who, know, who knows where I'd be if I if didn't have the access, mm-hmm. you know? Um, see dude, but this is just so great because everyone's story, like you're not an immigrant, but you've got a freaking story too, you know? Sure. Um, Obviously, this is featuring Shannon, but like if we were to get into yours, everyone's got a story. The mm-hmm. podcast I know is is focusing on immigrants like myself because that's all I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not this isn't a political. This isn't a photography podcast. This is cultural podcast because in right now, it just showed me that I reconnected and connected with you just as my as much as I did with Shannon. And you're just a guest. You're a co-host, you know, right. and she's the featured, you know, person. Um, I love this, man. I'm having a lot of fun. I hope you guys are too. (laughs) And I'm learning a lot too from you, Shannon. So, uh, every story I've had thus far, Rami from Egypt, um, Marianne from Denmark, Shukrani's episode, which comes out this Saturday from Africa. And we talk about the genocide that happened in 1994. 
Do you guys know about South it? Africa? Is it the Rwanda? Rwanda. Rwanda, okay. Specifically, yeah. yeah. You, you have to specify in Africa. Africa. Africa's a continent. I was about to say which uh, part. Oh, yeah. Hold there, on. Yeah, there, that's another there, thing. There are massacres <laughs> in a lot of places. Don't kill pretty me. Pretty frequently. Um, let's take a second. What, what are, what's the most interesting thing you've learned from each podcast so far? I let's honestly, start. Let's start with Rami. Rami, the most interesting part was the shock factor. He really was, he was like mentally going through a lot. And in mm-hmm. my when he, when my brother told me his roommate knew a guy, like I'm like I don't know how. First time ever podcasting, guys. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know if I would consider myself a good host. But I'm like I we didn't know. I come to his home. We set up kind of like this. We're talking kind of like we did, and. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get some cool, a cool story here. But I didn't know he like had all that like mental warfare in his brain, in his mind, while his family was going through things politically in, in, in Egypt. But he's chilling here, like in America, like the American dream. That's got to be hard if you're <clears throat> comfy and your family's struggling mm-hmm. and you don't see them for months at a time. And then you get married and your mom's not approved for a visa. I'm like, dude, I yeah. would have. I would have postponed the wedding, <laughs> you know, but yeah. Rami meant, and this is what makes him, this is what makes him a great guy. He just like you, Shannon, just like you, Lynn, and it made his experience made him a good person, a way stronger person. You're very strong, heart, good hearted and strong willed. And you're just a really humble person. Shannon. I remember this from school. You're a great person. <laughs> you know, Thanks. I was in real and really stupid crowds, but I knew about you, you know, mm-hmm. enough to like respect you. And, um, you know, this podcast, I'm so glad I started this, man. Me and too. going to the question you asked before recording this, what made me want to do it is this. I love talking to people. I actually got fired from a job because I spoke too much. This was a factory job. They were like, we pay you to work, not to talk. You're fired. <laughs> oh, my Jeez, God. Man. Yeah. And I, I was just talking to them like, how many kids do you have? How many? Especially if they're Hispanic ladies. I'd be like, where are you from? What is that like? What? And I'm like, dude, I talk too much. I got to make this a thing so mm-hmm. my gear cost me a good amount <laughs> yeah it <laughs> looks then, pretty official but it compares nothing to the hours on learning why i got those microphones mm-hmm. why to get this stand why to get a six foot instead of 24 foot or 12 foot why get the zoom instead of by a computer and then live stream sure <laughs> this is all portable so i hope <clears> to <throat> so- soon one day be able to travel to Tennessee, Boston, Mass- you know, anywhere mm-hmm. and get cool stories. But I know for sure my city has cool stories like yourself and mm-hmm. everyone else. So yeah. I'm taking advantage of it. I think you're going to, there's quite a deep well in Kalamazoo. I think you'll, oh, it's super deep. you'll be, you'll be fishing for stories for a long time before you, be b- before you don't get anything <laughs> yeah. back. Like you're going to find a lot of stories for a long time. Yeah, dude. Uh, and, and, uh, um, I think especially as Kalamazoo keeps growing there's going to be more and more people coming as long as western is alive and it's international students and all the foreign students yeah. are here i plan on going to the inter- international dinner or party they have in march yeah, yeah. Uh, at western you should go you guys should go it's gonna be cool i'm gonna literally go and have fun but i'm going to recruit so many people like oh, you need to be on tons this. i will have i will book five people in a day <laughs> like <laughs> at least yeah but the thing is too is like this is a shout out to anyone. If there's any way you know I can make this a job, 
or if you have connections where you think you can help me do this full time and make money enough money to where I can just eat a sandwich every day and go out and do this, let me know. Hit me up. I'm trying to do this. Sure, forever. man. <laughs> yeah. You know? And there's there's tons of podcasts in the world, but there are very few that are like this. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. As you can see, we're not in a studio. <laughs> we're in the Kalamazoo Library for the third time. I like it for what it is, but, you know, improvements will soon be made when they need to. Sure. The content is what's the rich part here. Mm -hmm. Your story, Shannon, your experience, your feed, your feedback, and mm -hmm. your insight. So, yeah, I love this. I really do. Well, you, you, you mentioned before you were <clears throat> interested in getting more of the perspective of growing up as an American, um, do you have any specific questions to that? Yeah, Landon. Actually, I'm going to ask you now. You know, you were asking me questions. Now I'm going to ask you, and this is about Shannon. You said uh, growing up, you were never taught about Malaysia or the Asian Definitely not. population, right? Uh, it, it happened to be on a map in the classroom, but I don't ever remember a teacher pointing to it and saying... People live here. Uh, this is what their culture is like. Um, yeah. You know, and isn't there's more people here than there are here. Yeah. And we don't learn about these people because we just don't seem to care. Uh, I remember specifically uh, talking about the African-American community. I think the, the, the articles about slavery in our textbooks were maybe no more than a page long. <laughs> Nope. Kidding me? We, we learned more about Christopher Columbus than slavery. We learned more about the French Indian War yeah. than slavery. Uh, Columbus, dude, for weeks. Yeah. For weeks. For, it, yeah, at least a couple. We, yeah, we, they put more effort into teaching us cursive mm -hmm. than us learning about slavery. Mm -hmm. And I, did, I didn't learn about... Um, Asian people being enslaved during World War II until I was like 20 years old. Yeah. I think that I remember in Loinorik's world history, we touch a little about the Chinese and like the Japanese, and that was the extent. But of it was Asia. like when we did, and I remember that, it was like 18, like back in the back day. Back in the We're day with like dynasty. Information. <clears throat> yeah, it was like dynasty, like how many dynasties mm -hmm. they had. And the World War Two, I think I don't remember if we touched about World War Two. Like Japanese did not, conquer. Not as much. I had three separate classes, just about World War Two, <laughs> growing up. Isn't that funny? What? And we never ever learned the other side. Oh my god. Of the war. <laughs> That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. Literally, there were classes in middle school, like electives, called ju just World War Two. Mm -hmm. And there was World War One as well. And then high school, you'd learn all about World War II, and that's all you would talk about in world history. Yeah. And then by the time you're a senior, you've learned about World War II so much that there's like, what else is there? Yeah. Is it just World War II? Is that all that happened? Yeah, that can be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then once you're like, you're like, okay, we're going to get to the good stuff, it's a whole different topic. For instance, the, the longest standing dynasty to ever happen, the Khan dynasty. We talked about it for maybe 20 minutes one day. <laughs> and that was like a PowerPoint maybe, and that's it. <laughs> I don't even think it was that. I think it was just, <laughs> I, I think it was just on in the textbook, and 
the teacher may have stumbled upon it. It's like, oh, it's here. I might as well talk about it for 20 minutes. You know what? The way you say that makes me think, is that maybe the reason why we're not like uh, naturally interested in learning more about, you know? Uh, it's certainly a factor. I think, um, I think it's more of a factor of separation between, uh, for, because I, I grew up in a very, very white community. Mm-hmm. Um, there's about 400 people in my high school and I think less than five of them were minorities. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, every now and then we get uh, a black kid, but he typically didn't stay around in school for very long. I wonder why. Um, we, <laughs> we had, a, we had a black girl named Shayna. Shout out to Shayna. Mm-hmm. Quiet, Shout out Shayna. Quietest person I ever met. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. And I, I remember talking to her one-on-one. She was really cool. But like you would, you wouldn't see her talking in a group of friends. Um, wow. A lot of people just thought she was mute, but no, she was just oh, wow. Just that she just felt that out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, I believe, we had one Mexican kid named Carlos. I know Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know a Carlos. <laughs> He's the worst soccer player I ever saw. That's not the one I know. Then. <laughs> no, you definitely don't know that Carlos. Don't worry, I ridiculed him. It's okay. like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> You can't be bad at soccer if you're you Mexican. Got you can't, you can't be bad at soccer if you're Mexican. Come on. We're, we're but, yeah, we're, but, but yeah, in total, like one Mexican kid. Uh, there, was a, there was a Chinese girl named Makia, but she was adopted when she was an infant. So she okay. didn't really know anything about her culture. Mm-mm. She didn't know her, her birth parents. So we call them like, there's a term, it's called like American born Chinese, like almost yeah. like ABC, except she's not American born. Sure. And she, so like you can say, well, we had one Asian person, but was she? She's not culture culturally Asian. She's she descends from Asian people. Mm-hmm. So even when we had minorities, it was not. They didn't really. They weren't able to teach us about the culture of of mm-hmm. being minor. For instance, Carlos. Yeah. That was probably the only exposure I had to Mexico growing up. I was just talking to Carlos. Carlos better have been really Mexican. <laughs> so he was, he was real Mexican, man. Oh, really? He was his his parents. I don't even think his parents spoke English. All right, I gotta meet this guy. I don't think you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I told you he was bad at soccer, man. That's all yeah. you need to know. Well, we're getting near the end. Yeah. We have uh, we have made a very good episode, um, I think. Yeah. And. Uh, Last points, uh, Shannon, from your opinion and perspective, what is, what are three things you want the listeners to walk away with knowing about Malaysia, the culture, uh, way of life in America? What are just three key points you'd like to make? Um, I guess the first one is travel. Need to travel and expose yourself to different culture. Um, try cuisine. Try things that is out of your comfort zone not because you don't you know maybe you won't like them but best chance you like their food because there is some sort of chicken if you like chicken and then you probably like go into their culture and so you know yeah mm-hmm. and then there is a restaurant in here in kalamazoo called rasaria it oh, yeah. is a malaysian um cuisine food what is it called is it really yeah, I Rasaria. Didn't, I, I didn't realize that. It's Malaysian slash Indonesian. Okay, I did, yeah, I've heard, I've heard of that. Yeah. I didn't know it was Malaysian. That's cool. 
And Wouldn't then, it have been... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you can go. Does it remind you of the food you had growing up? A little. It's not like the best comparison. Did you say it's a little Americanized? Yes, okay. in a sense. Because I know growing up, I lived in a complete different country where I eat their food daily. To coming here, this is their next best thing. Mm-hmm. Like if I really miss it, this is their nest. Uh, that is my next best yeah. restaurant I can go to. Have you ever spoke with the people who own it? Are they, are they from that um, area? I don't know. They were not really super nice to me every time <laughs> I go in there. That's too bad. That that, that that could have been really cool for you to like relate to them and talk to them. You're like, hey, I'm, yeah. all, I'm I was also gonna, from. I was when I interrupted you. I was going to say, wouldn't it be sick if I knew this coming in and. We knew the owners, and I was like, man, if you go to that restaurant, you get 5% off. Just tell them Esperanza Podcast sent you. <laughs> see, this is where I see this in the future, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay. I want to I wanna send a shout-out to my favorite Asian restaurant what in Kalamazoo. It? It's called Pacific Rim. Never oh, been. okay. It's, yes. It's in the back of... Uh, Kilgore and... An, it's in the back of an Asian food market, and it's, it's restaurant-quality food in the back of a food market. It's amazing. I didn't know that. It's, it's it's over by Lee, I know where it is it's by I've Lee's Chicken yeah yeah and Lee's Sports yep. <laughs> it's by the Lee's it's by the, I never thought I never thought about that I gotta look into that yeah yeah I know the owner for that one I oh, know really? you do? I do I know the owner I know the son like shout him out what what shout him out what? I don't really I mean we're not close but I do know the Pacific Rim's family yeah the um all the family members in there I know they came from the. Uh, Kilgore, not Kilgore, but next to Subway, right? Yeah, they um, were Treat Street. If you know where Treat yeah. Street was, it was under down there. The area. reason I shout them out is that's that's a story I want to hear. How how do they? Because okay. I can I can the the woman is, I can tell she's an immigrant. She has not, but I can tell she sort of hasn't been here super long. She's still struggling with the language a little bit, but uh-huh. she she's super passionate. Oh, I gotta go meet her then. Yeah. And I, go I can tell she's super passionate about the food she's making. And so I would love to hear her story. I don't know who is making the food, but I know the owners. I, I know the owners very, um, my, it was my grandfather's friend. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how we know them. That's cool. Yeah. All right, Shannon, before we get sidetracked and get <laughs> Everything aside, the food is dynamite. I, I will. Hell I yeah. will try. And <laughs> you guys too, if you guys have a chance or if you guys agree with, uh, with Landon, go to Facebook at Esperanza Podcast and let him know he's right or he's wrong. I'll I'll put it in his face if he's wrong. <laughs> but um, second point uh, that you'd like people to walk away with, Shannon. Um, I guess be humble, be nice to people, be kind. That's always a must to anybody and everybody because you don't know what the other person have walked you know a mile on, and yeah. just judging on someone's. Uh, appearance especially like immigrants Mm -hmm. you don't know what they've been through and i know that people have judged my parents before because they're they still have accents Mm -hmm. and then for us we don't have it and someone would look at me like whoa you know i thought you're an american same yeah Mm -hmm. same i translate for my mom at work and it's the same thing and i love when they do that when they sleep on my mom and they're like and they like treat her so bad and then she asked me to translate and i look at them and i'm like She's saying, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, she's got a voice. And it may not be English, but she's got a voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Third point, Shannon. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to pass it to Landon. Yeah, this is yours, Landon. What you, From the American perspective and sure. point of view, which you've been so kindly to give us, um, what is a key point from your perspective 
you think your country and community need to work on or learn from or learn in general? Uh, it's similar to what she said about being humble. Uh, I think it's accepting that you can learn things from people, uh, learn things from all different cultures. And it's also similar to how she spoke about trying new foods. Um, for the longest time, I was in sort of a shell culturally because of where I grew up, sort of the middle of nowhere, um, just a, just right, white, just right. white people, yeah, just that's like understand. yeah, understandable. But as soon as I started to reach out, started to try different cuisines, started to travel the world, mm -hmm. I just I feel like I have a different sense of empathy for people. Yeah. And, and I can see that in you a lot. Yeah. Like, I really, yeah, I sensed that the first time I met you. Yeah. Which, I don't know if you worked on it or not, but it's there. Now. It's something I had to work on, for sure. Um, growing up in that environment, you you do not, you're not taught empathy for people who are different than yourself. It, it, and if any... If anything, it's the opposite. You're taught to be malicious toward them for no, and you don't really even know why. So when I was when I graduated high school, I I noticed that within myself, and I had to have an honest conversation with myself and ask, why is it there? And I started to become very ashamed of the place I grew up. I very rarely ever go there anymore. Wow, this is uh. This is this is what I meant when I said real raw and like uncut. Like you're being yeah. completely honest. Yeah, I could tell. It's crazy. Yeah. So, to summarize all that. Yeah. Do your absolute best to have inner dialogues with yourself, and empathize with people, because there's a common thread through all of us, and that we're human beings, and that's it. Mm -hmm. That's the only race is the human race. Yeah. Shout right. out the human race. All right, cut it. That's where we start. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I'll make sure to edit right there. Um, great. Wow, guys. I thank you so much, Shannon. Yeah, for, you're welcome. Uh, not late notice or short notice, but just... Thanks know. for having me. No, thanks for wanting to do it. Everyone thanks me. I'm like, no. Everything was worth it. You know, thank you, Landon, too, for coming. Of course. In. I know both of you were nervous and shy. I've never been to a, a right. recording right. session, especially mm -hmm. talk about life. Uh, but this means a lot. This is a special episode. You guys, the audience, let me know what you think about having a guest here as cool as Landon. Um, if it's something you want to hear more about, let me know. Um, if you haven't already, check out episode one, two, and three. This is episode four featuring Shannon. What's your last name, Shannon? We. W-E-E. -E. <laughs> well, how did I forget that? Yes. I knew this, too. Shannon We. Um, Shannon We and Landon Lacey. Here's the craziest part, too. This okay. is uh, February 4th. You're the fourth episode, and the appointment and booking was at 4 p.m. That's crazy. Wow. That is you crazy. were right. Yeah. You were right. Wow. So, um, something about this was very special. I felt it. I don't know if you guys did. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. This is the Esperanza podcast, and I want to dedicate this again to Landon Lacey, who's here next to me, and Taylor Kaleo who is the owner of Kalamazoo Aerial Media, and you can go to KalamazooAerialMedia.com to check it out. Take it easy, guys.